Good morning, afternoon, or evening. You may delete as appropriate. My name is Chad Lehman, and I'm here as your host for this episode of Ministry Bits, Season 4, Episode 7. And uh, we had an excellent episode last episode talking with Jason Helton from Madison, Alabama. And now we have another special guest. What in the world are we doing here? Two special guests in a row. Randall Roby is on the podcast with us here today. Randall, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, Chad. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited. Yeah, man. We appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you uh, taking the time out of what is probably a very busy day for you. Uh, and I didn't help it very much by being late. So uh, appreciate you being here. Randall, um, What are who? tell us a little bit about yourself before we kind of get started. And who are you and, and what do you do? Sure. I'm Randall. I'm the chief executive for Icanos Emergency Management. And Icanos, uh, as an emergency management company, uh, essentially we sell preparedness and resiliency. Uh, preparedness is getting ready to respond. So we help organizations identify what threats they face and then help them prevent those threats where possible and then get ready to respond to the ones that can't be prevented. And resiliency is the other piece, and that's the ability to bounce back quickly after a disaster. So we help organizations identify their core functions, prepare contingencies and response plans, and then establish their return to normal procedures. And so we... uh, we break that science of emergency management down into something that, that organizations can easily digest without having to become experts in it themselves. Uh, it touches every organization, whether it's a church or a business or, or a social organization, it doesn't matter. All of us have emergency preparedness responsibilities. And so what we do as Icanos then is to help organizations develop their emergency, build them out, and get those things up and running of the company and then I'm also principal emergency manager. We uh, we stay busy. There's plenty going on. Uh, a lot of folks obviously right now are focused on uh, what working from home looks like and the remote work and how that impacts their business, how that impacts the, the church the way that we interact with one another obviously has had to change here lately. And so uh, that's had a, a big impact on how we deal with organizations. Also, uh, we are doing obviously a lot of uh, virtual meetings, uh, a lot of stuff online now instead of face to face, but organizations are also having to address cybersecurity issues now, like they haven't had to before uh, that are very different. Obviously, cybersecurity is something that businesses deal with all the time, but this environment has made it to where instead of being able to control their network, uh, if they've got you know 10 employees that used to come into the office and work that are now working from home, now they have 10 locations that are having to be secured instead of just the one. Uh, and people are bringing personal devices onto the network and accessing business systems and things like that and so all kinds of cybersecurity issues and we've been helping companies deal with that a good bit. Uh, another thing that we've been working on through this uh, pandemic response has been uh, helping companies figure out what their business is going to look like when things do reopen. Um, a lot of them are taking advantage of the time right now to to do some upgrades and updates to their facilities. Uh, They're changing out their security systems. They're uh, doing a lot of different things in their physical facilities while folks are absent. And so we have been been busy, been busy for sure. 
And so, you know, life during this kind of coronavirus stuff has been a little bit different for you. I hear, I keep hearing people saying, you know, you've got all this time on your hands and, and you're at home and you're not working and you're not necessarily doing anything, but I guess folks like you and I, uh, you know, I've been doing videos every single week for Graymere. We're putting out nine to 10 videos a week and you, you're, you're taking advantage of that time and you're making sure that you get uh, your customers um, taken care of and all sorts of different things. What are, what are some of the things that you're doing as far as um, specific preparedness and what are you planning? You said you were planning on when people get back to normal here. Um, But what are some of the different things that maybe, Maybe you, let me see if I can, I'm going to edit, put an edit point right here. That was not the question I wanted to ask. <laughs> when, when conversation is flowing, it's kind of funny when those questions don't come out, right? Well, I've got this interesting <laughs> echo going on right here and it's kind of throwing me off, but it it's, well, seems like it's off. recording just fine. So, um, well, and you can hear me just fine. So that's okay. I do. I don't hear an echo at all. Okay. Let me, let me ask that again. Let me see here. All right. So what are we, well, so you, you're, so let, okay, let, here we go. Ready? Three, two, one. So your, your life necessarily has not changed very much during this pandemic, has it? The only thing that's really adjusted for us has been meeting with clients virtually instead of face to face. And there's some, there's some very specific limitations to that. Um, when we do an assessment of a facility, for example, for like one of our primary products that we sell is the resiliency roadmap report, where we do an assessment of a facility and then help them to identify areas where they can improve their preparedness and things like that. That, that requires an on-site assessment of a facility. And obviously, we're not able to do that right now uh, with the way the restrictions are set up. And so that's that's so is that kind of put on hold or is you find it a virtual way to do that? We're scheduling those for as soon as the resumption begins to take place. And and we've got some of those that are scheduled. Um, The the part that is continuing on as normal is meeting with clients. We do those, you know, the, the, the Internet platforms. We use different ones, but. Uh, we're, we're use either FaceTime where we can bring multiple people on at once on FaceTime. Now, um, we use Zoom. everybody in the world. I think, I actually right. think Zoom may find this virus and we need to go investigate them. I think they may be the ones who sponsored this thing, but it's very uh, interesting, isn't it? it? Isn't it interesting that Zoom is the one that everybody goes to and it's like, how did that happen? Well, and you know, that's okay. So I have a whole theory about this because sure. Because I'm not saying Zoom is the conspiracy theorist here, but they they seem to have really got the video conferencing, multi-use video conferencing person. Uh, they seem to got that down pat. Google, I think, really missed the boat on this. I mean, I think Google had two or three different products out there, and they could, just couldn't settle on one. And then this right. – pandemic happens and zoom and zoom just takes off and you got to yeah. people Sitting Apple there and Google and, and Microsoft are like, how did we miss this? Really? Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. That was, it's really crazy to see because I guess we use FaceTime. I like FaceTime. Um, that's one of the things as we get to talking more about tech in this episode, you'll, <laughs> you'll hear, uh, we are team Apple at Icanos. And so we, we use FaceTime a lot, but zoom just, 
they seem to be sitting in the right place at the right time when all of this started to take place and they, they really got did. their foot in the door first. And, and like you said, it's kind of amazing to see considering you've got the big tech companies like Apple and Google that and Microsoft that are sitting there kind of holding the bag, not right. wondering, you know, what, where did we not capitalize? Well, and, and Google it, had it Hangouts, is. Google had, and they have Google Meet, right. and Microsoft has Microsoft Teams, and they've always had Skype, and it's like Zoom just took off, and it just, I, That's it's, it. it's one of those crazy things. Well, you, you talked about your team being Team Apple there, and this is what a, this is what people really tuned in for, Randall, okay? Right. Uh, they want to know... What do you think about your new 2020 iPad Pro? Is it the 11 or is it the 12.9? I did the 12.9. The big day. And Oh, yeah. And I will tell you that, um, of course, also, I, not knowing exactly when this is going to publish, but the date of recording, at least, I got an alert this morning from Apple that the Magic Keyboard case is available for shipping. Ooh. And so... Uh, that's the new accessory that's already on the way. Um, and we're recording mouse, this on April 20th. And so it is, I believe it either came out today or Wednesday. And right. there's been always, I've seen a ton of reviews online about it and uh, people, right. people really like it. So um, are, do you have one on order or do you, are you getting one? I have one. I'm getting one. I haven't ordered it yet. It's sitting in the cart waiting on me to oh. bite the bullet and make the purchase because that's uh, it's not a small purchase. And so oh, no, I it's have not. to back myself up for it, you know, before I can hit the hit the buy button. But with but that 12.9, you're going to get a little bit bigger kind of thing. And it's going to be it, tell me a little bit about you told me uh, several probably about a week or two ago when I asked you to come on the show here. You, you told me right. about um, how you did some kind of drill, uh, some kind of like um, preparedness drill, and you ran everything from your iPad. Yeah. Tell me a little so bit about it, that. It, yeah, sure. It actually wasn't a drill. It was a live event. Okay. okay. Um, we, we had a severe weather outbreak a couple of weeks ago, and I had had the iPad for a week and had gotten everything loaded on it. I felt comfortable with it. Of course, we had some iPads. I mean, we've been using iPads over a decade now. Uh, and so, I mean, I felt comfortable with the iPad. That wasn't the problem. Uh, it was just getting all the new apps loaded on there and, and everything else. But I decided that I was going to try to run our tactical operations center uh, from iPad only and, and just see what would happen. Was that uh, scary for you? It was a little bit nerve wracking just simply because I depend on so many things working. Uh, and, and so I'm, I mean, I mean this is like a situation that everything has to work. I mean, it, it's got it has to. to work. Yeah. Right. Because we have clients that are sitting in Texas. We had clients in here in Tennessee. We had clients in Mississippi, uh, some in Arkansas that are all depending on our information. I mean, they're, they're depending on us to push stuff to them. And so it has to work. And I, <laughs> Of course, I'm a preparedness guy, and so the, the the MacBook Pro was sitting just out of reach. You know, I mean, it was not. I mean, I could it see was it. It was right. Could get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I ran the entire op off of the iPad, and I was able to set up a second screen. Um, I had multiple windows running on the iPad. I had. Uh, split screen setup where I had two different things going with two different types of web browsers that were running. Um, I run most of my, the stuff with the 
with the weather service works best it seems in firefox um i don't know that they built it on that platform it just seems to work better on that platform mm-hmm. uh, and so i firefox open with my uh, chat service with the weather service on there uh, and i had a second one with our radar that was open and then i had another uh, using the split screen i had another browser open uh, where I was staying in touch with uh, on social media with some of our people that were in Texas. Uh, I had our team pulled up on the second screen uh, and, in our chat line. That we and just used. to clarify, these are not services like you're not pulling up the weather channel. You're, you're, you've got no. a professional service that you pay for that works right. inside of a browser that works in, on an iPad. And tell right. us, go a little bit more inside baseball on some of those things a little bit too. Sure. Sure, sure. If you can uh, share. So, yeah, no, no, I'm glad to. I don't know if it's like so super top, top secret classified <laughs> stuff that you use right. or whatever. Yeah, I you can know. tell you, but you know, the whole message will self-destruct in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> so when it comes to, to weather apps, that's one of the things I get asked all the time is what weather apps or websites do I use and that kind of thing. Um, the One of the things that I point people to all the time is your local National Weather Service office, their websites, weather.gov. That's Mm -hmm. you're getting official weather information from there. Um, The Memphis Weather Service office is who covers uh, the West Tennessee area. Uh, The Nashville office, obviously, the Middle Tennessee area. Um, There's, you know, forecast offices all over the country that, that have broad swaths of territory that they cover. Then... During hurricane season, the National Hurricane Center, uh, I go to their site to do hurricane tracking and that kind of thing. The reason I use those and instead of some of the the third-party TV station ones or whatever, I want that direct information from the actual weather service office that's the one responsible and charged by Congress to present that information. And so... I need the almost as if, if if they're wrong, you can almost place the blame on you, that. I mean, not that that's right, ever can, probably going to happen, but yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean that's my background. I am a meteorologist. That's what I went to school for. But I, <laughs> I still want that. I want some of that official information when it comes to, to some of those other things. Uh, Storm Prediction Center, National Hurricane Center, local weather service offices. I use their websites. Uh, just for the basic information. Now, during a live event, when there's something that's actually going down, so like during that outbreak, I'm not using their services uh, mm-hmm. as far as their sites are concerned, simply because by no fault of their own, they don't necessarily update fast enough. Right. Uh, so it's not real-time information. It's delayed right, it's by 10 real. or 15 minutes. Right. And so the two ones that I use um, in real time are WeatherTap, and radar scope um, weather tap is both of those are subscription services they have I, actually i don't know if weather tap has a free one or not um, i know radar scope has a a free version but it's extremely limited um, but both of those i can get very accurate very fast weather data um and as actually, as a matter of fact, as we're sitting here talking, I've got it pulled up. I'm just looking at, at uh, this is weather tap that I'm looking at right now, and their their radar is less than five minutes old, 
and and so I'm able to get a very current radar picture and understand that these radars that I'm looking at it's a little different than what you're going to see at the weather channel and that kind of thing just simply because I'm looking at actual live pictures of the radar that haven't been smoothed out and made to look pretty for a screen and all that. Right. You're probably looking at the data sources that the, those weather services use and the newscasters and all those, they use those, but they show the pretty version on, on the, on the television. They they do a thing that's called smoothing. Um, So an actual radar image is very, it looks like eight bit video games. You know, it's Mm -hmm. very blocky. Uh, An actual radar image is very blocky. And, and so when you see one on television, it's got this nice, smooth image, and you're like, well, you know, that's you can see these very clear, very faded delineations from one color to the next and all that. That's just not so, how an actual radar image looks. Right. Somebody's went in there and put in that UI on top right. of it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And so the thing I like about WeatherTap and RadarScope is I have the option of seeing those, and so I can get those uh, through either one of those apps. But I also have the ability to see the raw data. And, and so I can then do my own interpretation instead of having to depend on what uh, that UI has done for and, it. And that's going to help um, you. That second, Those seconds count, especially when you're talking about tornadoes, when you're talking about severe weather, yeah, you're talking they, about stuff that's, that's moving through. That Those seconds, you've been able to make a determination. If you know where something is headed – then right. you can you can make you can you can make that decision and then kind of move on. That's it's the whole point of being your preparedness initiative. It, it is um, another one that I use on my phone. So on the iPhone, I use another one called Storm Radar. S T O R M Storm Radar. Um, Storm Radar. It's again, it's a you. The free version of it is what I'm using. It's it's easy enough. It just lets you take a look at a quick radar picture. Uh, just so you can see it and it'll put um, you can get some warnings and alerts and stuff sent to you through it and that kind of thing so I mean it it's handy for that but the the one piece that I will mention and I'm mentioning just because not because I not because I want to act like this is something that we can get that you can't but just to let you know that there's a service out there that kind of helps your TV folks your emergency management people uh, fire departments, law enforcement, that kind of thing. We all participate in a in a program with the National Weather Service. It's called NWS Chat, so National Weather Service Chat. Um, it is very much akin to the old Yahoo chat rooms uh, from you know from from the late nineties. Uh, this is, I mean, it it looks like those old school chat rooms. It's a text-based program, and it is there just so that we have a direct connection into the National Weather Service talking to the forecasters. They will put out a notice and say, hey, we're looking at this storm. Can you check with your storm spotters that are in that area and those kind of things? And since we're in the process of trying to push information out to save lives, they allow those emergency managers into that direct. So we kind of have a, a seat at the table, if you will, with the weather service to help with that. Uh, the general public's not in that room, but uh, that's on purpose. But yeah, exactly. And, and They're it, not meant to be, and it's I'll, not meant to be pretty. It's meant to be functional. Right. It's meant to be functional. And it is, it's a very functional tool that we use to kind of help us with gathering and pushing out information quickly uh, that has all the latest updates and, and that kind of thing that we can get from the weather service. It also is a place for us to share 
um, concerns or discussion. Uh, so the meteorologists in the room, your team folks and that kind of thing, will get on there and say, hey, I'm looking at this cell on the radar and it looks like this to me. What are y'all seeing? And it gives us a chance to have that discussion in an environment where decisions are being made. And so it's that that chat room space gives us the opportunity to do that. And so, so they know, we you know, that maybe in advance by a couple of minutes, if they're going to call a warning or if they're going to call a, yeah. something like and, that. And sometimes it's not even a couple of minutes. Sometimes it, it's it's a very it may even be just 30 seconds. Yeah. But in that 30 seconds time, I've already made notification down to mm-hmm. our chain so that our team knows and we can start pushing information out to businesses and that kind of thing while the weather service is issuing the public version of it we're also issuing it out to our clients that are depending on us for that information and so it just helps the whole warning process go out faster awesome uh, and so it's a very functional tool so you're using an ipad 2020 12.9 um you're using these apps that we talked about, WeatherTap, uh, RadarScope, StormRadar, NWS Chat, again, that's kind of a closed system right there that you're a part of. Um, what kind of iPhone are you sporting these days? Uh, so I have the, the, the 10s and the 10s iPhone, the reason I still have it, it works. <laughs> it works. It's not broke, so you don't, you're not the, trying to fix it, huh? Right. And for me, the with iPhones, I tend to be one generation behind until mm-hmm. the 11 are the big thing right now. And so when the 12s come out, I'll upgrade to an 11. Uh, and so I kind of stick one generation behind. Um, that's just a personal preference thing. It's not because I'm waiting on improvements or bug fixes or whatever. It's just a personal preference thing. Um, that also lets accessories get out there and it lets all my third-party things, because a lot of these apps and whatnot have to catch up with hardware and, and stuff correct. like that. I, I try to stay that one generation behind where I know that there's going to be good coverage uh, for the apps being uh, compatible. The other reason I have this one, the X, the 10S, is has dual SIM card, and I am rocking dual SIM cards on it. So I have the business line for Icanos and my personal line that both ring through to that phone. So and that's probably something numbers. that not, not a lot of people know about, and right. that comes in yeah, incredibly a, handy. Yeah. When when the virus is is done with, you're going to go out on these visits to make assessments of all of these different properties. Are you going to take a separate camera with you, or is that just your iPhone? Yeah. So when we go out to do those, we have a uh, a Canon uh, DSLR camera, but for the most part, the iPhone's pictures are good. Right. And and so the iPhone pictures for the most part, and part of the reason that we use the iPhone's pictures. Um, is when we're using it, we can airdrop back to the computer and and do our uh, editing and load them into the reports and all those kind of things without having to, to pull a memory card out and transfer them over and all this kind of thing. We can just airdrop. Or better yet, we have it sets. Uh, and when we go out and do it, I put them into an album and have them automatically upload to the cloud. And so we just access them from our cloud then when we sit down to actually write the reports up. And so that is, I think, is worth mentioning here as we're talking about tech and the stuff that we use. Um, We are, I'm trying to think of the percentage, 98 plus percent cloud-based. That's interesting. I thought it would have been the opposite for a a service like y'all's, but I guess... 
the cloud is faster. It's it's pretty well secure, and nobody's going to really get access to that data until you tell them. So That's I guess it. it probably pretty works pretty well for you guys. We uh, we have security enabled point-to-point security on our transfers, all those kind of things. We double-check to make sure all that stuff is is secure, file transfer and all that. Um, the other reason is because when it comes to access, all I need is an Internet connection. Right. And that's why I say that we're 98-plus percent. We have paper and on-disk backups of uh, the most important forms and things like that, but... As far as going out to deal with clients and whatnot, my new iPad is cellular, and uh, you know, with it, I can walk into the client's facility, take pictures with the iPad. Um, one of the apps that I use, and I guess we'll talk about these here at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go ahead I and talk use, about some uh, of those. Sure, I use Good Notes, and I've got the Apple Pencil uh, to go along with my iPad, and so. With the GoodNotes app, one of the reasons that I liked it so much, uh, GoodNotes gives the ability that I can take any of our forms that we use from a business standpoint. And so we have a client information sheet. We have our checklist when we go out to do an assessment, our response and recovery forms, all those different forms that we use when we go out to a client site. I can take the PDF versions of those and upload them into GoodNotes and now then I can use the Apple Pencil and I can handwrite that information directly onto the form and it will convert it to typed text, which I can then uh, export, airdrop back into the, you know, save it to the cloud, whatever I want to do with it. And so it gives me the ability to essentially hand fill a form that becomes typed forms that are now saved in our system for our clients and that kind of thing. Plus, with the pencil capability, when I go out to deal with a client, um, client information, I, I get their information. They fill everything out. We have our, our contract that we're going to execute with the client. They can read the whole thing, sign it with the Apple Pencil, and I can actually airdrop them a copy while we're sitting there, and they can have it then for their records or whatever. It just lets us do all of that straight from the iPad. See, when I think about ever. 2020, that's what I think about is being able to yeah. do that, you know, have yeah. it in their yeah. email yeah. inbox before you even get that's back it. in your car in the parking yeah. lot. It's right. And that's the thing is before I ever even walk out of the client's office, the contract that they just signed is sitting on their desktop. I mean, they're, they're sitting there looking at their copy of it before I ever leave. Uh, and it's uploaded to the cloud where on the back end, our billing side and whatnot, we have that in place so that we don't have to go back and try to capture that information a second time or whatever. Our field rep, whoever's out in the field, is capturing that information as they go, uh, and it's all being directly uploaded. And so we don't have to, to double or triple our work. Uh, the... So we use multiple cloud services. Um, The physical side is we do have a physical uh, backup of the computers. And and so we do have a physical backup. Um, We have an external hard drive that 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 stuff backs up to. The nice thing about it is I can access it via the cloud. So, I mean, I can still access that physical backup there too. But uh, we also use... uh, And what do you use to do that? How do you... Uh, well, it's through uh, WD. Um, okay, so it's their transfer that? service, uh-huh. 
what is their name, Wilson or Woodson Digital, mm-hmm. Western Digital. Western Digital. So it's Western service called MyCloud. And the WD MyCloud service allows you through their portal, through their website, to access your physical device. Uh, and, and so our physical device has to be connected to the network um, within the office. And so it is connected to the network in our office. Uh, that allows us then from anywhere we have Internet access, we can log in to the network um, so we can remote into it that way. Um, we use Dropbox. It's, it's there. It's <laughs> We use it. You're a not lot. excited We're about it. It's just there. <laughs> I'm not super excited about Dropbox. It's my <laughs> least favorite, but it's there. Um, one of the things Dropbox, it does one thing where, very where it well. Has, it it syncs your files well, where you need to have them, and that's all you needed to do. That's it. It's not flashy. It's not it's, sexy. It just does what it needs nope. to do. That's it. And the other thing it allows me to do is it allows me to share. And so if I've got something that I want to share, that's a big file. Uh, that I can't send via email, which some of our reports, um, like an assessment report that we do for somebody, it may be 40 pages long, and it's going to have, you know, 50 or 60 pictures in it that are all mm-hmm. high pictures. Well, I mean, that's a big, big file when mm-hmm. it's all done. Uh, and so it's too much to email to somebody. Well, we post it on our website, on a secure page on our website for the client. But we also make it available to them in a Dropbox folder where they can just access it and download it or whatever they want to do with it so that they can have it that way. And putting it in that Dropbox folder allows me to share that uh, with other people where iCloud, as far as the the drive functionality is concerned, um, you know, it doesn't let me do the sharing. Yeah, Apple's Uh, only about eight years behind the power curve on that. You, you really would wish they would catch up. Uh, the Our email uh, with iCanos.us is hosted by Google. And so we're a, a, you know, they hold our, our email through G Suite. And with that, as a G Suite business client, one of the things that and, – and here is a big, big deal that people can hear and, and, and really be like, oh, wow, that's actually kind of cool. I didn't know that Google did this, but if you are a G Suite client of theirs, a business client, uh, they host your email. We have unlimited Google Drive. It's not too bad, so, right? Right. I mean, I'm paying Dropbox and I'm paying iCloud for you know a couple of terabytes worth of cloud storage, but with Google, it's whatever you want to upload, upload. You've well, got just imagine if you're out on a job and you're getting ready yeah. to sign that contract and upload it to the cloud so you can send it to them. And then it says, oh, you've run out of space. How unprofessional yeah, you've run out of space. would that be? Yeah. And with Google, that's Google Drive. And okay, I told you at the outset, we are Team <laughs> Apple. Here is... You're really Team I, Everything is what y'all are. You Let's I, just I, use I all the things. I feel guilty about this because our primary cloud service is Google. And and that's, I'm oh, boy, that actually makes me, I have a little heartburn from that. Mm, mm. Our, our primary cloud service is Google. And, and the reason our primary cloud service is Google is because it's unlimited. And they host our email. Uh, and with them hosting our email, uh, we have the unlimited uh, cloud storage with them. That That really makes them a very, very attractive option. Uh, when well, it comes well to not that. to put you on the spot here, but do you have any privacy concerns with Google? 
I always have privacy concerns um, <laughs> with everybody. The, uh, yeah, I have privacy concerns with all of them. Is every the, is any is there any one service that is one hundred percent secure that you could that no you if it came out you'd recommend it you'd use it all the time? There is no thing. There's uh, no such thing. The, You're right. No, there's not. There is no such thing. It, it's that you you look for how much encryption is in place. Uh, end-to-end encryption is what I'm looking for when it comes to messaging or sharing of data back and forth, those kind of things. I want to know that I'm doing with end encryption. If you've got an iPhone, it's end-to-end encrypted when you do iMessage and those kind of things, which Apple, I will sing their praises on that one. Um, Congress kind of attempted a sidestep back a few weeks ago in the midst of all this coronavirus stuff mm-hmm. where they were trying to to change the law and and remove end-to-end encryption capability. Uh, they wanted to give um, the ability for in an emergency situation or in a with a warrant or special circumstance or whatever to be able to break into those end-to-end encrypted messages. Um, specifically, they wanted to be able to access iMessage. And Apple, to their credit, fought like crazy and, and did manage to get that defeated. Um, where that's no, there is no such thing as a completely secure service. There is not one. And, and so you're looking for how much encryption is in place. And then from there, there's really protect- more secure uh, and less secure. Isn't right, there? There's it. nothing hundred percent and there's nothing that's not, you know, there's nothing at zero. It's just, it's, that's you're it. going to get more or less. That's it. And that's the reason that, like that, that Western Digital, their MyCloud service, there's a reason we don't use it for day-to-day transfers. I mean, it's it, it's not a super secure environment. Right. Uh, you know, the physical device itself is very secure, and I'm happy with it. But their cloud service is not as stringent as iCloud or Dropbox or Google. Uh, and so, yes... We are Team Apple when it comes to hardware. Uh, we are Team. Let's see which one of you can give me the best deal uh, and give me the best security, the best bang for my buck when it comes to the the software side, the the cloud access, and that kind of thing. Well, Randall, man, it's been great talking to you today. I yeah, think well, that's a good point to end at right there. Randall absolutely. is the CEO, owner, and operator of Econos. Is is Econos is it Econos Security Management or is it Econos? Econos Emergency Management. Emergency Management. Okay, and you can find them at Econos.us. That's I K A N O S dot U-S. And uh, Randall, tell us a little bit about any other uh, public and and maybe uh, personal uh, ventures that you've got going on. Where can we find you on the web, on Facebook or Twitter, or anything like sure. that? Sure. I'm on social media. About the only thing I do on social media is Icanos related. I don't do a lot of personal anything on there. It's not a social media kind of guy. Um, but always love to talk to any kind of church group or, or any other group about emergency preparedness, emergency management. And so anybody that wants us to come do uh, a presentation on that, I'm actually working on a plan. Part of what I was working on today before we got into our call is, uh, is an active shooter response plan for a church down in Texas. And that's, we do those kind of seminars. We do all of that stuff. And so any of those preparedness related issues, safety, security, 
you want to know what kind of uh, preparedness gadgets and gizmos. Uh, I've got my go bags. I've got ballistic vests and everything else sitting around here. We've got the drone. We'll come out and fly for you. Whatever you want, we'll do that. And would love to, to help and talk about preparedness with anybody that wants to. Yes. Talk with Randall. He will get you hooked up, get you and your congregation secured and safe. Randall, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I appreciate it so much. And uh, with that, we will say adieu to everybody. Again, you can find the show notes to this episode at chatl.co slash mbits slash s4e7. And again, we've talked a bunch of different stuff with Randall today. And if you want to get in touch with him, his links and all the links of the things that he mentioned will be in the show notes at that web address. Again, find the podcast on Twitter, or excuse me, find the podcast account rather on Twitter and on Facebook. Like us there, and we appreciate you tuning in today. Thank you so much. Go out and have a blessed week.